Typically, I don't uh, enjoy babies, but ever since having a baby and my friends have babies, now I love them. And so this past week, I got to visit with uh, two of my friends who just had babies, and I loved holding them. And sometimes you can't tell who a baby looks like, but you're like, oh, I could kind of see you have the same nose or the same mouth. And so I'm like, oh, all right. But when we had a baby, uh, there's actually no doubt whose baby it was. And so my daughter looks a lot like me, unfortunately. Um, if, if you look up there, we're, we're twins. Someone last week or a couple weeks ago said, oh, look, there's little Andrew in a dress. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So I can see a little bit of Angela in Sophia, but it's not always the way you look that makes you a family or makes you relate together, right? It's sometimes the way you act. So if you're part of the Vancott family, there's a couple things that mark you. Number one, you like good food, obviously. Uh, number two is that you love people and you love to laugh. And then number three is that you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Right? Yes, man. Everybody in the Vancott family loves the Philadelphia Eagles. My daughter loves the Eagles even though she doesn't even know it yet. If one day she says, Dad, I really want to be a Dallas Cowboys fan, I'm going to say, Sophia, you're grounded until you change her mind. And I'm not going to let her out of her room until she becomes a Philadelphia Eagles fan. So that's just who the Vancott family is. And if you think about your family, you probably have some quirks and some funny things that you say, this is how, how, uh, how we're similar. Like when I hear Pastor Joe and Jeff talk sometimes and they say words really strange like documentary and elementary, and we all know it's documentary and elementary, right? They just speak incorrectly, and it's okay. We have grace for them. If you're a follower of Jesus, though, this morning, and, and you've said, yes, Jesus is the leader of my life, and I'm going to follow him, you actually have two families. So you have your cousins and your siblings and your parents, but then you actually have a spiritual family, and, and we'll call it the family of God. So everybody who is a follower of Jesus, we're all connected through Jesus and we're a family. My wife, uh, growing up, her dad was a pastor. And I remember her telling me in some of those churches, everyone called each other like brother or sister, brother John, sister Sally. And she always thought that was weird. But they took really seriously that they were part of a big spiritual family. And so each of us in our family, we, we, have, we dress differently. We have some different talents and abilities and yet we have some similar traits that make us a family. And Jesus this morning is going to tell us about one trait that if you don't have this trait, you might not actually be part of the family. And here's what Jesus is going to say. He's going to say, followers of Jesus care for the least of these in God's family. So that's one of the characteristics of being in his family. And it sounds really simple and easy, and yet so many of us miss that. And we're going to be looking in Matthew chapter 25 this morning to kind of see where Jesus says that. Uh, if you have your Bible, you can open up there. If you have an app, turn to it in your app. Uh, we'd love to have you bring those with you so you can follow along. And if you didn't bring any of those, there's something on the screen, and you can uh, read it along with us up there. Uh, so in this passage, Jesus is talking about the end of the world. And now, he's not focused on man, this is how the world's going to end or this is what it's going to look like. But rather, he's really concerned that we know how we should wait for the end of the world or how we should wait for him to come back. 
Uh, if you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, you kind of get off the hook, okay? Because we're going to be talking about the family of God. So you can kind of sit back and listen. But I hope by the end of the service that as you listen that you have a new perspective on Jesus, even if you're not sure what you think about Jesus right now. So we're going to look at verse 31, and before that, I'm just going to pray for us quickly this morning. God, thank you for bringing us together, and I pray that your spirit would open up our eyes and hearts to see what you want to say. Pray that I would become less so you could become more, and we would walk out of here thinking differently, seeing people differently, and hearing from you. In your name, Jesus, amen. Let's read verse 31. It says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before Him. And He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. The picture is at the end of time, Jesus is the King and He's ruling and He's judging and He's, he's, he's placing people on the right and the left. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. But as we continue, there's a reason that he's placing people on different sides. Verse 34 says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. And I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. And I was a stranger, and you invited me in. And I needed clothes, and you clothed me. And I was sick, and you looked after me. And I was in prison, and you came to visit me. But then the righteous will answer him, Lord... When did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? And then the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So what we're going to see is that the distinction Jesus makes between these two groups of people is that one cared for the least of these and the other did, and we'll read about that in a minute. But Jesus is saying, if you care for the least of these brothers of his, then you're probably part of his family. And so we want to know, what does it mean to care for the least of these? And this morning, we're going we're to ask a couple questions to figure out what does it mean to care for the least of these. So here's the first question. The first question is, who are you serving? So if you, you read about this in scholars and, and in other places, it's highly debated who Jesus is talking about, the least of these. Some people think the least of these are just the poor and the downtrodden and people who are sick. But Jesus says something very specific in verse 40. He says, the least of these brothers and sisters of mine. What Jesus is really trying to get at to us is that the least of these are Christians. They're the people who are like Jesus, who know him, who are with him. And so that's what Jesus says being part of the family is like, is taking care of my brothers and sisters. Now, don't get me wrong, right? As Christians, we're definitely called to care for the poor and the downtrodden and the oppressed peoples of the world. If you think about the, the history of America, right? You see most of the hospitals and orphanages, they were started by Christians way back because Christians are called to care for the poor. In fact, Jesus' half-brother wrote in the book that he wrote to Christians in verses, uh, chapter 1, verse 27, he said, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So we are called to love the poor, but we're specifically in this passage called to love the poor followers of Jesus. And so who are you serving? Well, the answer could be 
you know, we're serving poor Christians, but we're not looking deep enough into the passage. If you put up verse 40 up there, Jesus says this, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And so here's the significant part and the real answer to our question of who we are serving. It's that when you serve the least of these, you serve Jesus. Not just like you serve Jesus on high, like, man, I helped out the poor, so I'm serving Jesus. But you're actually serving Jesus. And this is the picture that he gives us. He says there's a, a king, and, and he's kind of undercover, and he dresses up like a beggar or a poor person, and he's hanging out on the streets, and he's waiting to see how people treat poor and hurting people. And he's kind of there like undercover boss. And isn't it amazing that how we view people translates into how we treat them. Cristiano Ronaldo, he's a, probably the most famous soccer player in the world. Uh, you can tell how much I know about soccer. I thought his name was Cristiano Ronaldo, but fortunately some before the service told me it's Cristiano Ronaldo, so I didn't get embarrassed. Um, we, he's the most famous soccer player in the world and definitely the most famous soccer player in Spain. He plays for the Real Madrid team. And uh, he did a little experiment where he dressed up as a homeless man and then he revealed himself and you're going to see the reaction between people when they see him as a homeless man and him for who he really is Mostra o que sabes fazer, dribles. Assim. Uh. Uh, uh. Toma, toma. Está bem. Muito bem. Digo, um minuto. Como te chamas? Nicolás.
I love at the end where, where there was no one around them, and then all of a sudden a giant crowd comes around them because, man, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. Did you see those two guys too? They, they were like so pumped that they got to see this all happen and they were so excited. Before there was just a guy playing soccer and now it's this famous person and man, when we're looking at people, we kind of just see them for who they are and we're like, okay, that's fine. But what if we saw everyone as Jesus? What if we saw them when they're hurting? We actually saw that we get to serve Jesus and see them as Jesus. I mean, what if you're walking down the street and, and you see Cristiano Ronaldo? You probably don't know who that is. Maybe if you saw Tom Brady, you'd get excited. Maybe if some of you would boo him, I'd probably boo him and then get his autograph. Like, can you just sign this for me? But it, it, it changes, doesn't it, when we, when we know who we're serving? I think, for me, I need God to give me new eyes to see people the way he does. To see those people who are hurting, who are my Christian brothers and sisters. Not just say, oh man, I feel bad for them, but I'm going to help them. Because they're like Jesus. Because it's like helping Jesus. Yesterday, I was uh, kind of outside and I was working on my message at the church. Just kind of tightening it up. And I see a guy walking around the church building. And I'm like, okay. There's, sometimes there's people walking around the church building. And I went up to meet him and his name is Russell. And so Russell started to share his story with me. And Russell said, yeah, I haven't had a job for four years. And I finally got a job in Levittown. And I just need some money to get gas to take up my last load up to Levittown. So I started to ask Russell a little more questions and figure out. And, and I found out that Russell was a follower of Jesus and that he had been at a, a church for a while but kind of stopped going. And, and I kind of just decided, man, I'm going to help Russell. And I gave him some money from our, from our vacation fund. And I prayed with Russell. And man, as Russell was leaving, you know what I felt like? Jesus said, you just served me. That I just got to serve Jesus. And I'm like, God, are you, are you serious? You really want me to, to practice what I preach, huh? Listen, Russell was the least of these. He was the least of these Christian brothers. And I got to do that. And that doesn't make me special. It just means that I'm acting like one of God's family members. And so we ask the question, who are you serving? The answer is, man, when you serve the least of these, you get to serve Jesus. So let, let's look at the next question. The next question is, how should we serve? Or how should you serve? Let's, the, the second people Jesus talked to in, in verse 41 through 45, it's going to reveal how we should serve. It says, then he will say to those on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed in the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Real, real talk. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. And I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. And I was a stranger and you did not invite me in and I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. And I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick in prison and did not help you? And they reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. See, so both groups were pretty surprised, right? They were like, when did we see you, Jesus? We just helped out. And the first group said, yeah, I was just doing what I know to do is to help the least of these. But maybe the second group was asking, well, I see them, but, but I don't really have time. So I don't know if I have time to help them. 
I can't really, uh, you know, I don't really have any money to spare, so I'm just going to keep walking. You see, these, these people can't add anything to our life. I remember a few years back, this couple stopped to help uh, a biker who was stranded on the side of the road and he blew out a tire or something like that. And they pulled over and it turned out that it was Dave Matthews from the Dave Matthews Band. And so they picked up Dave and they took Dave back to his hotel and Dave gave them backstage passes and even brought them up on stage at the concert. And now they had a story for the rest of their life that they could tell. But when you see the least of these, probably no story to tell just like yeah I got to help this person it's probably actually going to inconvenience your life see here's the answer of how should we serve them see we should serve the least of these with a selfless attitude listen the Christian life is not about man what's in it for me but it's about how can I love and serve others and so when you see the least of these you might actually have to go out of your way and give them a ride somewhere and inconvenience your task-driven goal-oriented life maybe you actually have to give some of your money away to that person to help them and maybe you don't have a lot of money but they're the least of these and, and God's asking you to help so you can't have this attitude that I'm the most important if you're going to serve the least of these. David Platt in his book Radical said this. He said, we're settling for a Christianity that revolves around catering to ourselves when the central message of Christianity is actually about abandoning ourselves. Let me read that again. We're settling for a Christianity that revolves around catering to ourselves when the central message of Christianity is actually about abandoning ourselves. Jesus said that if you want to be my follower... That you actually have to take up your cross and go after me and die. And it's going to take sacrifice. And listen, whenever you come into a family, you just made a decision to sacrifice. Right? When you got married, if you got married to your husband or wife, you're saying, hey, now I have to give up time and energy and money for this other person. And then if you have children, it gets even more, right? That, that you're saying, I'm going to give up my sleep, my time, my energy, my money, everything. And you just become more and more selfless as you join a family. And that's the same thing it is with joining the family of God, that, that as you become a follower of Jesus, you say, man, it's not just Jesus and me. Right? S sometimes we get that wrong, don't we? We think, well, you know, Christianity is just about my relationship with me and God, and as long as I'm spending time, as long as I have that with Him, then I'm good. And yet Jesus is blowing your preconceptions away in this passage and saying, hey, guess what? It's not just about Jesus and me. It's about Jesus, me, and his entire family. And if you're going to act like a family member, then you care for the least of these in the family. And so as a church, we do this in a good amount of ways. But every time you give, part of that money goes to helping people who are in need. Even this week, we got to help out uh, a single mom and, and help her make it across the gap so she can continue and provide for her kids. And so that's an awesome way to do that. And yet it goes far beyond just giving to the church. It, it's, it's on us as individual followers of Jesus to say, man, how are we going to serve the least of these? Who has God put in your life that you might say, yes, I can serve them because they're the least of these among Christians? So many times we're just focused on our own stuff, our own agenda, our own problems, right? All of us have issues in our lives or things that stress us out. And yet, 
Jesus is saying, you're part of the family, so you need to care for that, care for those people when God puts them in your path. This is something that I, I just continually need to work on because my default mode is to say, man, I'm important. I'm the center of the universe. And yet Jesus says, I'm really the center of the universe. You need to care about my family. And so now we know who we are serving. We know how we should serve them. But then we have to ask this last question. Why is this even important? Verses 45 and 46, Jesus tells that second group of people who didn't help the least of these, says he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So what's the answer to why it's important? I want you to catch this. Failing to serve the least of these reveals your family status. When you fail to, to care for the least of these, it might be true that you're not actually part of the family of God. Like you think you are. Like Jesus talked about sheep and goats. And the sheep and goats were, were kind of kept together out in the fields, okay? They were in the same pen all day long. But at nighttime, they would get separated. And, and sheep and goats have some interesting characteristics that sheep are loyal and they're kind of calm and gentle, and goats are kind of ornery and, and do their own thing. You know, if I was writing this passage for you guys, I would probably, I'd probably do it like this. I'd probably say, like, the dogs are on the right, and the cats are on the left. Because, you know, dogs. Dogs are loyal, and they'll continually be there for you, and even if you yell at them, they'll come lick your face afterwards. And cats, I mean... You feed them, you pay all their bills, you do everything, and they're like, I don't know you anything. And that's why I don't have cats. <laughs> See, I think the people at Disney even got it right, right? We talk about, you know, this part goes to heaven, this goes to hell, and Disney made, you know, all dogs go to heaven. One, two, and three, I think. But you know what Disney didn't make? All cats go to heaven. <laughs> right? And so we could say the sheep and the goats or the dogs and the cats... But really, what he's saying is that when you don't care for the least of these and you're not in the family of God, there's actually eternal consequences. Right? That the family that is part of the family of God gets to inherit the kingdom of God or all that he has. And we get to be with God in heaven. And when he brings heaven to earth, we get to enjoy him. And yet the people who aren't part of the family of God go to what the Bible calls eternal punishing. It actually says that, that God didn't necessarily make hell for the people who didn't follow after him. He made hell for the devil and his angels. And yet people who aren't part of God's family, that's where they go. And so why is this important? Because there's eternal consequences of what family you belong to. And listen, before we get confused, okay, it's not, man, I serve the poor, I care for them, I love them, and, and you go to Jesus and you say, hey, Jesus, here's my list of all the good things that I did. So I'll take my, uh, my one-way ticket to heaven, punch it, I'll go first class, thanks. And we walk by, see. It's not so much caring for the poor or the least of these that get you into heaven. It's actually the opposite way around, that, that since you're a follower of Jesus, you care for the least of these. And Jesus is warning us in this passage, man, if you think you're a Christian, if you think you're a sheep, if you think 
you're there with him and you don't have a heart for the least of these, he's saying you might want to check yourself and check your heart because maybe you're not following me. Because that's what followers of Jesus do. They care for the family. Listen, if you're in here and you have a family, you get what it means to care for a family and love them and cherish them. And man, if they're sick or need or hurting, you're there for them. I've seen so many posts on Facebook of, of parents who have sickly kids who are three months or six months or two years and they pour their entire lives out for these kids and they love them and they try to get support and raise money so their kids can get better because they just love them and that's what you do with family members is that you love them and you support them and you care for them and it's not any different if you're part of the family of God. That's what marks us. You know, the Roman Emperor Julian, he was writing in the 4th century, and, and he, was, he was kind of upset and confused because all these people were going away from worshiping the traditional Roman gods, and they had all the statues and stuff. And he actually called Christians atheists because they didn't have a statue they worshipped. They just kind of worshipped this god. But he was concerned because so many people were going away from the old gods. And so he said this, said atheism, or the Christian faith, has been specifically advanced through the loving service rendered to strangers and through their care for the burial of the dead. said, is it a scandal that there's not a single Jew who is a beggar and that the godless Galileans care not only for their own poor but for ours as well, while those who belong to us look in vain for the help that we should render them? So as the family of God, listen, we should be known not only for caring for the poor, but also specifically caring for the poor among us. Like Christians are so often known for what they're against and the people that they hate and the people that they don't like. And Jesus said, I don't want you to be known for that. I want you to be known for this, for caring for the people in your own family and loving them. Listen, I'm sure all of us are naturally bent this way or not bent this way. Some of us are more merciful than others and, and some of us are like, well, you know, I'm going to try when I think about it. But Jesus said it's not an option. He said for you and me, either you care about the people in your family and that marks your life or you don't. And if you say, I don't, I want to ask, are you sure you're following Jesus? Maybe this is the case. And if this hasn't been a priority for you, it's probably because you don't understand the gospel. Many times, here's what we think the gospel is. Man, Jesus loves you and he has a great plan for you. And if you follow these couple steps, you can be saved. And that sounds so good. And part of that is true. But that's not what the gospel is that we need to be reminded of every day. See, it's not that we were kind of good people and then we found our way to God. And he kind of said, okay, yeah, you can, you're good enough. You can come in. Here's what the gospel really is, that, that you and I were enemies of God, that we were dead in our sins, we were rebellious to God, and we actually weren't even able to see that something was missing in our life. Nonetheless, come to God ourselves. And so what happened is, is God saw us as kind of beggars and the poor, and we were down. So he said, I love you, and I bring you into my family, and that's when he sent Jesus to die on the cross, to take the wrath or the, or the 
Everything we deserved, he took that on the cross so that now we can be in right relationship with God and now we can be dependent on him. See, when you don't understand that, you just think, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. And, I, you know, I'll help those people when I get a chance. But when you understand that you didn't have a chance, when you understand that you couldn't do anything right and that God said, yes, I'm going to love you and care for you even though you can't do anything for me, you start to extend that kind of love to other people and say, yep, I know you're the least of these and I'm going to love you not because I can get anything from you but because that's what God did for me. So listen, if you're not caring for the least of these, Jesus is asking and saying, maybe you're not in the family. And maybe you haven't been good at it in the past, and, and that's okay. Jesus is calling us today to say, are we going to be people, if you're a follower of Jesus, who cares for the least of these? Even maybe you don't have the most financial resources. Maybe you don't have the most time, but when someone comes into your life, are you going to reach out and say, yep, I'll help you. Or I'll serve you, or I'll connect you to someone who can serve you and help you. You know, when's the last time that you've had the Russell experience? When's the last time you got an opportunity to do that? See, family members care for one another. So if you're part of the family of God, this is what you do. Let me ask you a few questions this morning to end. And really, I'm going to ask you a question that you can ask to God. So you're going to ask God to open up your eyes to see people in a new light. Man, we just need him to show us these people really aren't what we categorize them as or put them in, but really when we serve them, when we see them, we're serving Jesus. See, when we look into their eyes, what we should see is Jesus looking back at us. And here's the hard part. The way that you treat those people, if you ignore them, you're ignoring Jesus. And if you spurn them and push them away, you're pushing away Jesus. And if you serve them, you get to serve Jesus. I used to think when I was younger, man, what can I do for God? He has everything, and, and I'm just this messed up guy. And what I really see in this passage is Jesus tells me I get to serve him. My next question that you can ask is to ask God to show you how you can serve the least of these. Maybe right now, God, through his Holy Spirit, has just brought someone's name in, in your mind that you can serve them. And if, if that's the case, I want you to write that down and say, yes, I'm going to serve that person. But if not, we need to keep asking God to say, show us who those people are who need to be served. Maybe God wants you to, to sponsor a child through Compassion International. Maybe he wants you to get involved in Project Outreach, which is our tutoring program to kids in, in a low-income housing development. There's lots of ways we can serve people. And the question is, if you're a follower of Jesus, will you serve? And here's the last thing I want to throw out to you. Maybe you aren't a follower of Jesus yet, and maybe you've kind of just been sitting here and listening and saying that's interesting. But maybe you came this morning and you said, something's missing in my life, and I want to be part of a family like that. I want to be part of a family that takes care of their own. I'm tired of being lonely and, and looking for friendships that don't fill me or satisfy me. Today, Jesus is saying, you can be part of this family. 
as we figured out, none of us have gotten it right. And it doesn't matter where you are, but Jesus is saying, join the family this morning. If you'd like to do that, if you're serious about that, you can come see myself or Joe at the end of service, and we'd love to talk to you about that. But he has open arms to you and saying, come. I'm going to pray to close this out this morning. If you want to take some time and think about who are the least of these, you can do that in your chairs. And if you have to go, we, we understand and we, we love you. And I want you to have a great rest of your day. And hopefully Jesus continues to speak to you. Let's pray and then we can be dismissed or spend some time thinking and praying. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for allowing us to hear from your word. And maybe sometimes this is an overlooked area, but I pray that in our lives that we become less selfish, become more about what you're about, your family. Pray for those who are thinking about joining your family this morning. I pray that they would see that you're real and you love them. Thanks for being with us this morning. In your name, Jesus, amen.